Welcome to the Pasho Perspective Summer Sessions, a place where I share my perspective on everything in the space between life and death. I'm your host, Pasho. Now, today I woke up to some very disturbing headlines in regards to the Uvalde shooting. Now, I hope most of you are already aware of the incident that had occurred, but an 18-year-old boy went into a school and took over a room and pretty much shot everybody there, uh, including teachers and adults. It was a really tragic thing. Um, I remember watching it live, uh, listening to them, you know, uh, yelling at parents, telling them to come back, uh, pushing some mothers onto the ground, restraining them, things to that effect. And I felt so helpless and so awful because, you know, my heart really goes out to all those parents and, you know, to the families of the teachers and, you know, to all the friends and everybody else, to all of the students. And, you know, I'm watching in such surprise that the police had not gone in yet and that they were waiting because the doors were locked. They were waiting for somebody with a key or uh, they were waiting for ballistic shields and things like that. And today we find out that everything that we had been initially told was false. They had ballistic shields. They all had body armor, obviously. They had guns to the nines. I mean, I remember seeing a picture in the article where there's like six AR-15s and a ballistic shield all pointing towards a door down the hallway. And I, I think that's so incredible. And then, to add insult to injury, the door wasn't locked, which, I mean, right there, you know, obviously Texas did not learn from Florida. You know, Florida, because we've had our incidents at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Uh, now there's only one entrance, one exit in every campus. Uh, you have at least one police officer, not security guard who's towards retirement, but an actual police officer armed, locked and loaded, ready to go to be there. I mean, hell, in my campus, we even have a canine to smell for gunpowder uh, if anybody's been playing with bullets, ballistics or guns or things like that, which I think, you know, is really incredible. But... You know, we also have doors that automatically lock. As soon as the door is closed, it is locked from the outside. Obviously, you can lock it from the inside with no problem. You just pull down on the handle and the door opens. But as a safety precaution, in case a teacher forgets to lock the door or during the time of madness and panic, as I can only imagine these people must have been, you know, if you forget to lock the door because you're too busy trying to corral your students and hide them and put them somewhere safe, you know, it already takes care of you. And they didn't have those those locks. And, you know, I mean, obviously the gunman was able to even get into the campus because a door was left unlocked and thus open for him to easily get there. You know, so, I mean, there were so many things, so many errors that were committed that if you just learned from Columbine, if you just learned from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, that we could have prevented all of this. But the worst thing is the lying. You know, that you messed up, that you made poor decisions, I could live with that. But don't lie to us telling us that, oh no, you know, all of these things prevented us from doing it. And then when we look at the videos and the body cams, which they're actually trying to sequester the body cams so that none of it gets released to add even more insult to injury, as I'm sure there's even worse things to come, that it's heartbreaking, man. 
You know, I read an article this morning, too, about uh, one of the police officer's wives was a teacher there, and she called him and told him, I have been shot, and I am dying, and the man wanted to push his way through the hallway to get to the door, and they detained him and unarmed him and thus prevented him from doing anything. Now, I want to I wanna contrast that with the kick-ass mom, and I'm sorry, it's summer sessions, I don't have principals or other colleagues listening to my channel right now that can then report it while I am a paid person, I'm not getting paid at this moment, uh, and to be a teacher, so I feel that I should be able to say whatever the hell I like, and so pardon me, but this summer session is going to be a little loaded with emotion, all right, and it's going to be a little colorful language too, because I cannot sit by and remain silent because that's all that evil needs in the world, right? Martin Luther King said, all evil needs to exist in the world is for good people to do nothing. And this is exactly what happened. Good people did nothing. And the good ones, the strong heroes, the brave ones who actually wanted to do something were prevented from doing anything. But let me contrast that with a kick-ass super fucking mom who went in after being restrained from the police, escaped from their clutches, climbed over the fence, ran into the school, pulled out her first child, and then did it again and rescued her second child. This woman was not in body armor. This woman didn't have a ballistic shield. This woman didn't have a gun. This woman didn't have training. This woman didn't get paid to protect and people. And she did it. And she saved her own children. And you're telling me this man couldn't save his own wife? You're telling me that these group of beta males wearing costumes that say police department on them, couldn't go in there and stop them. The door was unlocked. The shooter had zero training. And the cops had body armor and everything. And let's just go to the real point here. Why are you a police officer? Because I know the truth. That serve and protect was nothing more than just a motto in a challenge to all police officers in California, you know, because of the Rodney King beatings and the riots in L.A. They wanted to build a bridge between the public and the police department again. And so they had this little like contest to see who could come up with a motto or slogan that they could paint and tattoo on all of their vehicles and all of the other things that police have so that the community felt like, all right, they're with us again. And this one guy won and it said to serve and protect. But let me remind Mind you that that is not what they have to do. But I have to ask you though, that is what everybody believes. When I talk to my students, when I talk to people out there, they have no idea. They all go to, it's your job to serve and protect. And as much as I try to defend you and say that ever since 1983 or 1986, there was a decision by the Supreme Court, somebody in Texas. I uh, was almost beaten to death by her husband, by her boyfriend, you know, who wanted, and she wanted a restraining order. He was breaking it. She wanted the police to deal with him. They did nothing. And then he almost beat her inches from her life. She tried to sue the police department for doing nothing. And the Supreme Court said, look, it is not the police's job to swap their lives for yours. That is not their job. All right. The servant protecting is just a slogan. The only person who is responsible, as was said in the majority decision, is you. A citizen who has the right to arm yourself and thus protect your family. You want to protect yourself. You want to protect your family. You don't call 911 waiting for yourself to become a victim. You pull out a gun and you stop that evil right there. That is the whole thing. But I have to ask you earnestly, why are you a cop though? Are you really just a beta male wearing a costume so that you could take advantage of your authority? So that you can oppress people that you don't agree with or like? So that you can flex your muscles on people who 
are really powerless, can't do anything against you because you are the authority. But why are you a cop? My son, nine years old right now, still wants to be a police officer. I haven't shared, obviously, any of this news with him. He doesn't have to worry about the realities of this world at this time. He's young and let him be a child. But he wants to be a police officer. He wants to be a SWAT team member. And you know why? Because he wants to help protect people. He wants to be the hero in movies. He wants to stop evil, literally put a bullet in between the eyes, in their brain, stopping all consciousness in life. He wants to be the hero. And I believe without a second's hesitation that he would do the right thing. He would risk his life because that is what a police officer does. It's like becoming a doctor and then saying, I don't want to perform this surgery even though it's an emergency and this person might die because I'm a little squeamish. Or I just had lunch and, you know, all this blood stuff is going to make me want to upchuck. What the hell did you become a police officer for if not to serve and protect your community? And granted, those are only words tattooed on the side of your vehicle, but it should be tattooed in your heart and in your soul. If you were not prepared to exchange your life for those of little children, be a fucking baker. Get out of that blue uniform. Stop pretending to be an alpha male who cares about society. And start doing something else. Be a guidance counselor. Be a security officer at a bank. Do something where you could actually perform your duties because you are so negligent in your duties in this case. Now, I don't want to tell my son that when he's older, I don't even believe there's going to be police officers. How can there be? And maybe that's part of the point to make the community hate police officers so much that the federal government then will have to impose upon them some kind of authority to do the same job. But let me remind you really quick, quickly, and I'm going to end with this. When I watched Star Wars, regardless of what movie it was, I never looked at the stormtroopers like police officers, even though they're doing the bidding of their empire. That's not the police. That's something totally different. The Gestapo is not the police. That was something totally different. And so I'm going to end it with this one quote just to remind you of what is happening here. Because we have had such strong men, because of the greatest generation in the world, they have given us easy times. We have had an easy life because these courageous men put everything on the line to fight not only for our freedoms, but for the freedoms of other people in other countries across the globe. And because we have had such a good time, as you can see, we are so pampered that we have wars on ourselves, right? Our life is so, so lacking in actual problems that we fight our own bodies, fight our own emotions, fight the color of our skin as if there was something to be chosen. And so what happens in good times, right? Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And that's where we are right now with all these betas using their pronouns, which is so pathetic, like nobody knew. They can see your mustache. They can notice a bulge. They can hear your voice. They can tell because of your size and your mass. You don't need to introduce a pronoun. How stupid of a society are we? I got to be honest with you. I'm not looking forward to next year. I got a student in the hallway already that I've noticed who's got a stupid pin, a boy, mind you, with a pin that says my pronouns are she and her. We got a bunch of beta males walking around here. 
You want to know why our society is so fucked up? That's why. Because we don't have real men anymore. Where the fuck have all the cowboys gone? And so because of these weak beta males, they create the hard times. Because they can't defend us. They can't protect us. And they won't. Because they're selfish and narcissistic. And they just want to be accepted in society. So they will sacrifice everything. They will cut their own nose off to spite their face so that they can fit in. But there is hope, folks. I believe right now because we have had such a good time and we've had so many beta males and they are now creating the problems that we are in, the next step is that hard times create strong men and then the cycle will continue again. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times and hard times create strong men. So here's to the renaissance. Here's to people like my son, the boys who are waking up in my classrooms and realizing something needs to change, something needs to go back to the traditions where things were actually good. And we're going to be there again. I have to believe it. I have to believe that my Lord allowed that clown in the administration in the White House as a way of revealing the truth to everybody, that their policies don't work, that their priorities are trash, and that really the elites are purposefully trying to divide us so that they can continue to conquer a house divided cannot stand. Even Sun Tzu in The Art of War way back in the day said to divide and conquer. And so I just got to tell you, folks, I am so upset with everything that I've been reading about Uvalde. I hope something happens positive. Although the weapon may be forged, our father will find a way to use it for good. And so that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that surprise. I'm waiting for that renaissance because there will be a renaissance again. We can't and we won't continue to be like this because we cannot survive like this. And Americans are survivors. And we're going to start creating more strong men. I mean, I think subconsciously, maybe that's what's been happening with me. Maybe that's why I've bought a couple of guns. Maybe that's why I have a motorcycle. Maybe that's why I've started working out again and practicing martial arts. Maybe it's because I realize that I've gotten soft and the only way to fix this world is to become hard again, so I can make my children hard again. Not hard and lacking in tolerance and acceptance and compassion, because that is not what a man is. A man could be all of those things and a protector. But this idea that there's male toxicity is taking its toll, folks, and we need to start speaking out. We need to stop cowering, because evil will persist if good men refuse to be courageous and to stand up to this. Someone needs to stop these stormtroopers. Someone needs to take down Senator Palpatine. Somebody needs to be the man. Well, that's all I have for today, guys. God bless you. Pray for the families of Vivaldi. Pray that one day their hearts will be settled, that they will know for sure that, I mean, and of course, that all their children must and are absolutely in heaven again because the innocent will inherit all of God's splendors. And so that is the only solace that I take in this is that at least they don't have to live in a world where they are confused and whether they are a boy or a girl and that they won't have to be made into a pincushion for some acronymic, ridiculous group to groom them and use them at their own sexual leisures. At least they get to be prevented from that. At least they won't have to struggle in starvation with the shortage of food supply. At least they won't have to hear their parents complain about the awful, awful things that have been coming our way. And how good it was back then. At least they get to be delivered straight into my father's arms where they can find peace and love. God bless you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.